Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. We are finishing unfinished today. As Emily, so, so unfinished, uh, the, the wall took him like 52 days, took me like nine weeks. So <laughs> just Emily reminded me of that. Um, but it's good. I, I, I don't know. I've been really encouraged today, um, or actually throughout this, uh, this series about the things that we've been learning uh, with the, uh, this journey uh, that we're taking around the walls and the gates of Jerusalem. And those walls and gates represent our life. Uh, and they, they are the essential elements of our walk with Jesus because we need Jesus and we need the Holy Spirit and we need each other because we know that life is not easy sometimes. It will throw us a curveball. It can drop us to our knees. But if we just hang on to Jesus and better yet, if we just let him carry us, he promises a blessing. I love this this uh, Galatians 6, 9 verse, I think about it a lot when I'm going through something difficult, always reminded that God does have something on the other end. Galatians 6, 9, so, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. No, what's there? At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. At just the right time. Now, at just the right time can be difficult to receive because but I, what I, what that's what I found out is that you don't want a blessing too early, right? You don't want that blessing too early. Uh, you want it at just the right time. The Bible says an inheritance given too early is not a blessing in the end. So we, we want God. God is going to bless. God is going to bless you. He's going to get you through and bless you at just the right time. Now, let me show you this wall again, because if, if you've been tracking with us, we've been, we've been going around this wall. This is what Nehemiah had to rebuild. And this represents our life in 2022. Follow, we started the sheep gate. We started there. That, that's just Jesus, right? That's the Lamb of God gate. Fish gate, reaching people. Old gate, being discipled, learning how to grow in our faith. And then we hit this valley and dung gate where, where we just hit a rough, rough spot, right? We all hit rough spots in life. And thank God he brings us to the fountain gate and the water gate to refresh us. And, and he gives us the Holy Spirit, right, to, to get us to the, to the next phase of our life. And, and uh, I love this being this journey because we are the temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we need the walls and the gates for our lives. And I noticed that Nehemiah was determined to rebuild this, the walls and gates of his beloved city and church, and he took his time with each section, rebuilding, restoring, and fortifying it, and even though this was a monumental task, his love for God and people is what propelled him to persevere. Say persevere. If there's one thing that every single person has, it's the ability to persevere. You are the best of the best. Do you know that? You're the best of the best, most capable, most competitive most determined, how do I know that? Because you won. You won. 
What are you talking about, Pastor Dan or Dan or Reverend Dan, whatever you want to call me? Listen, you won. Listen, now I'm going to, I'm going to pass through this really quick. You won the 13-day trip to the mothership. When God called you to be born out of the 500 million little squigglies with all different and unique DNA, all of them different and unique DNA. So only God could do that. You are the winner. You're the winner. You're the DNA. You had the DNA, the drive that got you there. Matter of fact, the word quit is not even in you. Because of that. You guys get what I'm talking about? If you don't, just talk to me afterwards. I'll, re- I'll meet you up here and, and give you a little quick little tutorial if you haven't gone through that yet. Listen, when life offers up the challenge, because they're going to come, press on and press through. See, just because you fell doesn't mean you quit. Get back up, rise up, and keep going. That's what Nehemiah did. So I'm reminded of this true story. I love this story. This uh, one man, true story, was caught by the gold fever in the gold rush days. And he went west to dig and grow rich. And he was Mr. Darby. And he staked a claim and went to work with a pick and shovel. And after weeks of hard labor, he was rewarded by his first discovery of gold. But he needed machinery to bring the gold to the service. Quietly, he covered up the mine, retraced his footsteps, and went back to home in, in, in Williamsburg, Maryland, told his relatives and a few neighbors about the strike. They got the money together for all the needed machinery, had it, sh- had it shipped, and then went back to work the mine. After the first car of gold was mined, the returns proved that they had one of the richest mines in Colorado. Down went the drills, up went the hopes of Mr. Darby, then something happened. The vein of gold disappeared. They had come to the end of the rainbow, and the gold was no longer there. They drilled on, desperately trying to pick up the vein again, all to no avail. Finally, they decided to quit. They sold the machinery to a junk man for a a few hundred dollars and took the train back home. But the junk man called a mining engineer to look at the mine and do a little calculating. The engineer advised that the project had failed because the owners were not familiar with the fault lines. His calculations showed that the vein we found just three feet from where the Darbys had stopped drilling. Three feet. (laughs) And that is exactly where it was found. The junk man took millions of dollars of gold from the mine because he knew the value of perseverance. Listen, one of the most common causes of failure, and I've noticed in my own life, is quitting just after a temporary defeat. Listen, every person is guilty of quitting something at one time or another, right? Come on. But let me say this again. Just because you fell doesn't mean you quit. Today, you can get back up. You can get back going because you are closer than you know to a harvest of blessing. So I want to encourage you today as we're finishing to stay focused on the work God has set before you. The work God has set before you. Not not so many works, but the one thing God has set before you. Stay focused on it. 
whether it's personal, relational, or financial, stay committed to following Jesus and being led by the Spirit. Stay focused on the important things. Your personal relationship with God, your relationship with others, everything else will flow from that. Did you know that? Just your relationship with Jesus and your relationship with those in your sphere of influence, everything else flows from that. So I can imagine the temptation and the frustration Nehemiah may have experienced as he made his way around the wall. He went through quite a few battles. He was harassed by the enemy. He was hindered by those who should have helped but wouldn't. He could have given up, but he didn't. And this is what Nehemiah experienced when the wall was completed. Nehemiah 6, 15 and 16. So on October 2nd, the wall was finished. Just 52 days after we had begun. That, that's just amazing to me. Look at When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. Did you hear that? Your enemy is frightened by the possibilities of your perseverance. Your enemy is frightened by the possibility. So today, we finished unfinished. As we finished, I want to say again that you are closer than you realize to your breakthrough, your healing, and your victory. Okay, the final gates. Here we go. Ready? Here they are. Nehemiah 3, 28 through 32, just a few verses. Above the horse gate, say the horse gate. The priests repaired the wall. Each one repaired the section immediately across from his own house. Another Key phrase is that when you rebuild anything in your life, start at home. Like, like my pastors say, if it ain't working at home, don't export. Just keep, keep right at home. Next, Zadok, son of Immer, also rebuilt the wall across from his house. And beyond him was Shemaiah, son of Shechaniah, the gatekeeper of the east gate. Say east gate. Next, Hananiah, son of Shelemiah and Hanun, the sixth son of Zaleph repaired another section while Meshulam, son of Berechiah, rebuilt the wall across where he lived. Malkijah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the wall as far as the housing for the temple servants and merchants across from the inspection gate. Say the inspection gate. Then he continued as far as the upper room at the corner. The, old, the other goldsmiths and merchants repaired the wall from the corner to the sheep gate. And there's the finish. Don't you love, let me show you the wall again. Let's go ahead and just put that up. Don't you love the mention of the first gate again, the sheep gate? Come on. He started there and he finished there. The reminder of what Jesus has accomplished for us with his sacrifice. We are forgiven forever. We are loved forever. We are saved forever. It is finished. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Isn't that awesome? That's why we should be so, so happy, you guys. We should be so happy that we don't have to earn our salvation. Jesus accomplished it once and for all. Woo! That's the gospel. Yeah, that's the gospel. And he has done this. That's how it started, and that is how it ends, the sheep gate. He's faithful to complete the work he started. Amen. Here's the proof. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 
God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. Yeah. That takes all the pressure off. As we journey through life, okay, here we go. Horse gate, east gate, inspection gate. These gates combined today speak of the final victory that's coming and the present victory that we have through Jesus Christ. There's a final battle coming. <laughs> Jesus comes on a white horse. He comes out of the east. He comes with those who are with him, those who have passed the inspection, those who have placed their trust in Jesus alone, those who are his. Zechariah talked about this hundreds of years before, uh, it, and before Jesus came. In Zechariah 14, 4, it says, And in that day, his feet, Jesus, will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall be toward the north and half of it toward the south. Wow. I can't wait to see that on CNN. And then John says this in Revelation 19, 11 through 14. Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. A white horse. You know, the white horse, Jesus, Jesus may, may have come on a donkey, but he's coming back in a white horse. He's not going to be on a donkey or an elephant, right? <laughs> he's coming on a white horse. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he, for he judges fairly. And wages a righteous war. His, his eyes were like flames of fire and his head were uh, many crowns. A name was written on him that no one could understand, no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen, linen followed him on white horses. And then this in verse 16, on his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. That's final victory. That's what these last gates represent, my friends. I love a good underdog story, and I love a story of victory and even dominant, overwhelming victory. Like Michigan yesterday, like, like the Patriots, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, Michael Phelps, even Rich and Ethan Bennett at the summer picnic, this I have to say that, cornhole victors of the church picnic, I, I got to say that. That was, that was a dominant victory by those two, and they didn't even cheat. Listen, we, we tend, I don't know about you, we tend to tune in to dominance. Do you know that? And these final gates speak of the dominance, the overwhelming victory displayed at the cross and out of the tomb. They speak of a final battle, and, but they also are a reminder, listen, of the victory we have now as followers of Jesus. We are overwhelming victors. We are more than conquerors right now and forever. As we navigate through this life, we realize even though victory is ours, we still battle. Come on, right? 
We still find ourselves in moments and situations where we are called to fight the good fight of faith. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? The battles are never easy. They are intense. They seem to come out of nowhere. They can take us by surprise, yet when they are finished, they seem to produce something powerful in us and through us. Usually my battles are for the ones I love. Emily, Anna, Levi, family, my friends, my church family. My motto is don't mess with family. <laughs> That's my motto, just to let you know. Uh, it just, when it, it, now, it brings a fight out of me, not against flesh and blood, but against the real spiritual enemy who knows his days are short. Listen, Jesus is coming soon. Out of the east, on a white horse, with an army of saints to deliver the final blow to our enemy. In the meantime, we fight, we battle, we press on. When you signed up to follow Jesus, you enlisted in battle. Paul said, we fight a good fight of faith. It's a double fight. Many don't realize the battle that's taking place in the, is in the spirit realm. That, that's, what, that's what many people believe. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. If there's anything Christians need to do is get more spiritual. Like we, we need, we need to, to understand that we don't war against flesh and blood. There literally is a, a four-tiered spiritual army that, that, that they have a very clear mission and agenda to steal, kill, and destroy. But a lot of times we just kind of bypass that. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. And many times in battle, we forget who we're fighting. We tend to fight each other. And, and, and we forget who we are in Christ and forget who God says we are. But by his own words, this is how he sees you and I, Romans 8, 37. Yet in all things, we are present tense. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Not we will be and not we was. <laughs> we are, right? We are more than conquerors. It's God's will for you and I to not only have victory, but his desire is complete annihilation and plunder of the enemy. Taking back what the enemy has stolen. If conquering wasn't enough, God has more. Like, how can you be more than a conqueror? I just conquered battle. God said, well, 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 there's more, Dan. Just, you know, you defeated the enemy, and now go take the plunder. You guys hear what I'm saying today? What God is saying? See, some of you are in a battle right now that you didn't realize you were in a battle. And you're, you've been knocked around. You've been pushed to the ground. You've been abused and harassed by an enemy. And you didn't actually know it, and you began to focus your attention on something else or somebody else. And the enemy, I, I, all the enemy does is he gets us riled up, and he sits back in his lazy boy chair with his foofy little drink with a bamboo umbrella and watches everything just kind of take place. That's exactly what he does. That's how he works. 
He just riles it up, right? Gets us worried. And, and we, we don't realize that just because we can't see him doesn't mean he's not real. But he wants complete, God wants complete annihilation over the enemy. Please hear this. I, somebody's going to hear this, and they're, gonna, they're going through something. They're going to rise up to, to this next level. Uh, because God never settles. He wants that complete victory. It's like my sixth grade football team. I'll never forget, we went up 56 zip at half. And I was bummed that we didn't get to finish. All the parents said, we got to quit. It's too much. I'm like, what? Listen, don't just settle for 7-0 first quarter lead. Matthew 25 uh, says this, it's criminal to be cautious. I want to show you something really quick here when going through a battle and pressing on for, for complete victory. This shows us what to do. A certain king of Israel was surrounded by the enemy. Go figure. It's happened all the way through the Bible. So he visits the prophet Elisha for help, who is like God. He's an, he's a, he's an image of God in the Old Testament. Now, Elisha is on his deathbed. He's about to meet God, go to heaven, and you'll see the fight in this old guy, Elisha, that he still has in, the, in even his last days. So he tells the king how to finish this battle, and he uses arrows to illustrate. 2 Kings 13, 18 through 19. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with him. He said, you should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten a ram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you'd be victorious, victorious only three times. Do you see that? When in a battle, don't settle. Don't settle when in a battle. Don't settle when in a battle. Because God has more. Listen, a surpassing, overwhelming, annihilating victory. So I say keep going, keep praying, keep staying, keep on the right path, keep hanging around the right people, keep drawing close to God, keep believing and keep conquering. There's more. Remember, this is what happened again when Nehemiah finished the wall, Nehemiah 6, 15 through 16. So on October 2nd, the wall was finished, just 52 days after we had begun, let, let me just, just tell you what God will do in a very, very short period of time when you and I stay focused in the battle. When you and I stay focused on God in the battle, it's not going to take him long. I'm telling you, I've seen God do things so quickly. He said, when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they heard about it. They were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. And so I'm sure you've been through times like this. I've been through various times in my life when I knew I had to battle for a loved one, for an entire church that, I would, that, that we were battling for. Anywhere in between, that's, that's where God called us to. And, and that's why I think... These days, I'm, I'm, God has protected my heart, but has made my, my skin thicker for a good reason. But I remember back when we were probably about, um, I'd say, 15, 16 years ago in Ionia, and uh, I'm 
in church in the morning and Emily hasn't, isn't there yet. And so I'm, I get done leading worship and I come down and somebody says, oh, Emily, uh, they took Emily to the emergency. I'm like, why? Um, I, she just was uh, physically was struggling. And um, so I'm like, oh, man. So, so uh, got done, went to the hospital and um, doctors couldn't find anything right away. And, and she was very anxious and she was just under serious attack. At first, I didn't know what it was. I thought, okay, do you, need to, do you need some Gatorade? Do you need something physical for your body? Maybe she did, but, but in this moment, so, so, so I'm like, okay, so we prayed through it. We talked through it. We, we spoke the word for like a week, and guess what happened the next week? The same thing. I'm at work, and all of a sudden, someone says, Emily went back to the emergency again. Matter of fact, this time, I think an ambulance picked her up this time and brought her there. It was, it was just bad. I thought, what? I said, Lord, come on, man. Like, I'm about to get mad at God saying, come on, I'm serving you. I'm, I'm doing all these things. And, and look at my wife is under attack. What is going on here? I, st- I just started getting mad, you know, but I was getting mad at the wrong person. Second week, third week, the same thing happens. And I'm like, my goodness. And I'm getting frustrated. By the way, throughout this whole thing, Right, we're, we're, we're just, I'm just kind of grappling with what to do. Finally, it was, it was after that moment, I said, okay, you know, finally, God gets a hold of me. Let's get really serious, Dan. Let's get really, really so, so for a time, for a time, I think it was just a few weeks, we, I would just, we would be up. Emily was just not feeling well. She was, she was sick. She was losing weight. I mean, it just was not good. But yet, I, we both got up together. We just began to speak the word, sometimes throughout the night because she couldn't sleep. I mean, it was a battle, 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 battle. And I was wrestling with God and wrestling with the devil and wrestling with myself. And finally, finally, doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. Finally, it broke. I just realized that my wife was under attack by a spirit, and I believe it was the spirit of fear just gripped her and tried to control her. I'm telling you. And I believe, but also it was God training us for the next level of battle in my life. Amen? You guys still here this morning? A little quiet. I know this, is, this, just, this message is just for today. That This was not orchestrated for anyone. This is how we finish. This is how God finishes with battle. Let me share really quickly. I'm going to end here quickly with a few truths to encourage you when you find yourself in battle. Let me just declare this over, over you. You are battle ready. Say, I'm battle ready. Now, turn your name and say, you're battle ready. Because you've been through it. You've got the battle scars to prove it, but you're not just battle-ready because of what you've gone through. You are battle-ready because of what he's gone through. Come on. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he didn't sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. He's already been there. 
He already, he already forged his way through that second heaven into heaven for us and even down into hell, right? I mean, he did everything for us. He's given us everything we need. So let's be confident and bold in battle. You are battle ready because you've been battle tested. Say, I've been battle tested. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've been battle tested. You know, I went into this journey with Jesus with civilian clothes. I came out with a whole new wardrobe, a military outfit, and some battle scars to prove. Like I said before, my heart is still tender, but my skin is thicker. Listen, you've been battle tested. This is, I believe, I want to say this. I want you to hear this. I believe the bigger the battle, the bigger the blessing. I believe the more intense the spiritual warfare, the more enormous the victory. I mean, is there anybody here today? I believe the blessing ahead will always be greater than the battle left behind. Because I think that when we're in battle, we think, how's this going to end? It's going to end with an overwhelming victory, a complete annihilation of the enemy. James 1.12, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now, that is, a, again, a present tense crown that you receive on this earth, not just in heaven. Like God says, when you get done with that battle, I'm going to infuse you with life and power and confidence. That's what he's saying. Every time you make it through, every time you persevere, the blessing is bigger. God gives you something. You may not realize, but substance and strength has been developed in you through battle. You may not know the anointing on your life because of the pressure you've been through. And as Nehemiah was finishing this wall and gates, he was reminded, reminding us of Jesus setting his face like flint towards the cross to get back to that sheep gate to finish it. Jesus could see the prize. He could see you and I. It reminds me when Jesus was praying in the garden, he had little strength, but it says, but it says going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And I've been here long enough to look over this sanctuary and this church, and I see similar stories when you wanted to give up, when you had little strength to keep going, you decided to say, not my will, but your will be done. Come on. Listen, lastly, you've been battle tested, therefore, you are victory bound. You're victory bound. Why does God want to give you victory? Because his victory is a witness 
to others. His victory is a weapon against the enemy. Remember when Nehemiah finished the wall? He, he, he finished the wall and all of a sudden the, 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 the enemies heard about it and they were scared. His victory changes the atmosphere. That's why we say it is finished, right? That's why we say, hey, you guys, you're saved. Chill out. Don't be so hard on yourself, right? Grow. You're, you're unfinished. We're works in progress, but, but chill out. You're saved. One, one and done with Jesus. Come on. You're, you're saved. Going to heaven. I don't, know what you, I don't know what you heard. I don't know what church you used to go to, but maybe, maybe they didn't teach that, but we're teaching it here that, Jesus, that because of Jesus Christ, it is done. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Right? That, that's an incredible v- a victory that we have in Christ. But it literally, when you get that, when you speak that, it changes the atmosphere of your home, your workplace, a church. Look at 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us woo, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place because of victory. Again, present tense. And why does God want to give you victory? Listen, victory is proof of his love for you. Romans 8, 37, now, no, despite all these things that I'm going through, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. That's what Nehemiah was repairing. That's what Nehemiah was rebuilding. He was rebuilding the gates of victory. Come on, the gates of victory, you guys. Is that pick again? One more time, we can see the picture of the wall as, we, as we're finishing here. It's there. It seems as we journey, look at that picture one more time of the wall. There you go. It seems as we journey with God, starting with Jesus and ending with Jesus, strengthened, battling through some stuff again, getting refreshed, God's goal in the end is to impart in you some authority, a greater confidence and courage for the journey. Amen? Because he's, listen, God is faithful to complete it, but that's, he wants to give you uh, this, this truth about what Jesus has done and the authority you have on this earth before we go to heaven. You've been given authority over snakes and scorpions. You've been given authority over every stronghold, every obstacle. You've been given authority over every mountain standing in your way. I just got to get us to believe it more and more, right? Or God does. So let me declare this over you today as we finish. And we're going to have the worship team come back. And we're literally just going to finish this service with a song. And it's a victory song. It's a battle song. 
And I don't know what you're going through in life. And, 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 and not everybody's going through a battle at the same time, thank God. Major battle. But if you're in a major battle right now, be encouraged. Be encouraged. You're battle ready. You've been battle tested, but you're victory bound. But let me speak this over you today. The places you've seen the mightiest mountains raised up against you, the places where the enemy spoke against what God has promised in your life and your family's life, listen, God is flattening them. And they're becoming the places of the most powerful miracles you've ever seen. These mountains have screamed and shouted intimidation. They have screamed impossibility. But now these places will declare the testimony of what God has done. Amen. Should I say that again? <laughs> right? Victory is ours. Victory is ours. In what area of your life is God calling you to believe that right now? And, 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 and usually victory, this battle, is always regarding a person. Usually someone close to you, someone in your sphere of influence. Is there someone in your life right now that God is saying, stand up and battle for them? Stand up and battle for them. Matter of fact, let's stand up together. Let's <laughs> hope you get that. Let's stand up. Don't let me go TD Jakes on you. Stand up. Now listen, I want you to be serious about this. This moment right now is a powerful moment that we are going to declare through a song that this is how we fight our battle. Amen? And we're going to believe that as we worship with this song, as we, we sing the words, that God is sending His troops. He's sending His warrior angels into your circumstance, the situation, the trial, the test, into the person's life. Amen? So that we can see complete annihilation of the enemy. Come on. Come on. This is a day. This is a time to celebrate. We, so let, let's go in a little bit of battle mode for a moment, right? This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. Because I've got my own battles to fight. 
Do you think that would be battles? I got my own battles to fight this morning, okay? And so I'm going to fight my battle right down here. You guys fight your battle there. And as they begin to sing this song, I'm telling you, start slinging those rocks. Start, get your sword out. Get the word out. And watch the enemy go down. in this place this morning because it might look like we are surrounded by the battle but we are surrounded by the presence of God Ha! Uh-huh. 
you go home and you lift up your hands and you say, God, Exodus 14, 14, Jesus, God says, oh, stand still and let the Lord fight for you. Stand still, stand still and see God move in these situations. So God, I thank you, Lord, that all that we're fighting for, who we're fighting for, God, because we love them, the enemy is frightened right now. The enemy's frightened. He's scared. He's scared because something just rose up in you. A brand new warrior just rose up in you saying, no, I've had enough. You, you, you do not have authority over my family. You, you, cannot, you, you can't have your way in my church family. You can't have your way in, 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 in my life in any way. You have, you have no authority and no rights in Jesus' name. And so, God, we take our rightful authority over the snakes and scorpions that rise up in our lives, God. I thank you, Jesus. We trample them under our feet. And Jesus, we give you all the praise. We cannot do this without you. You are our great commander and leader. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Yeah! Hey, you guys have an incredible day. We love you. Man, keep battling. It's great victories are right around the corner. If you need prayer for anything, our prayer team is here. God bless you. Take care. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.